Now stop beating your gums and sound the attack. Oh, right. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome, everyone, to another episode of the We Got the Chocolates podcast. In fact, this is episode uh, 18, number 18 this week. Uh, I'm here with Sam and Mitch again. They are in the room and looking as fit and firing as ever, despite how late on a Sunday evening it is. Welcome, boys. Lethal. Lethal. Yep. Good to be back in the uh, studio to talk some sport and and a lot of rubbish as well. Yeah, mainly uh, definitely emphasis on the rubbish, I would suggest. Just let me give it some background noise here, guys, and just give us a little bit of tone to talk over the top of, just to describe exactly what's coming up in this episode. Now, uh, not in this particular episode, but in the next one, we actually have an interview with Australian opening batsman Matt Renshaw that has has been kind enough to organise for us, take us into the inner sanctum of what goes on in Matt Renshaw's brain and backyard. Um, which we're obviously looking forward to. How's that? will be magnificent. So that'll be out later in the week. Uh, but for today, guys, we obviously opened uh, opened things up to our fans on Instagram. They've given us plenty of feedback. I was amazed with how much uh, how across their sporting news they were. So we're going to get through all of their requests first. Hopefully, get to name drop a few people. We've obviously got a big cricket wrap as per usual, given that it is cricket season. We've got a social sim bin for you. We've got some rugby league news, uh, and then Haz is going to talk about his uh, his special sport that he tried yesterday. He's got a broken finger, the old powder finger cup, as they call it. Has. Uh, that you've been playing in at the moment and then uh, you're going to talk about how you spent your Saturday rather than playing cricket. So uh, without further ado, obviously we don't have a little jingle to start but uh, it will be, we'll call this section uh, Little Instant Chocolates um, and that obviously is a clever pun that will probably get changed by next week when we think of something more clever. Uh, but it was basically just we opened uh, we opened it to Instagram guys to see what people wanted to speak about and has you'll be particularly interested in this one so from Nick Burns from Brad Russell from Matt Gillum there's there three or four people that wrote in uh, talking about obviously the, the momentous occasion last night with Tonga defeating Australia and what I found interesting is actually called a Tonga Invitational uh, 13 that beat Australia but I don't know what that name actually meant because they seemed like that a very strong side yeah, they were, they were full strength, I'm pretty sure. And you know, I loved watching the game. It was a great game to watch. Uh, Tonga had a massive team. The, the players in that team were huge. The, the centres were bigger than our centres. And um, every the, the halves were massive. Um, Katoni Staggs playing halfback. Uh, so it was an interesting setup, but but they were far too good. And Australia had a good team, but but um, I, I know they wouldn't have taken them too lightly, I don't think, because they, they know just the names they have in that team are quite strong, but yeah, weren't good enough. Sorry, boys, it's the um, AHM bills coming through there, um, which obviously I'll have to take care of tomorrow. Private health skin, quite important when you get to my age. (laughs) The old midlife crisis. (laughs) Easy, That's right. Um, Yeah, no, it has very, very valid points, um, we must say. Um, And do you think it's as as sort of dire straits? I mean, there's been some some huge blow-ups. Remembering that we we are sort of a few weeks for for a lot of these players. We're quite a few weeks outside of the NRL season now, aren't we? Um, but there's been some massive, massive blow-ups. I think I've got an example actually uh, here for you guys if you want to have a listen to sort of uh, Freddie Fitler's take. Um, I'll play that for you now. Like Joey said, I think a few of the Australians were just waiting for the season to finish. I think, you know, if, if Mel's fair dinkum, he's making sure he's looking at that game and going, well, you know, we make sure he need a few different players here because I thought some of their efforts were just terrible. So, mm. you know, just didn't put their hand up at big moments, took really easy options and let each other down. And like I said, they let Australia down, let the jersey down. And, you know, really poor standard. They set a great standard down in Illawarra and they just didn't back it up at all. So there's a good chance a few of those blokes won't be there. Yeah, look, it's easy to say from the commentary box, and it's a bit different when you're out there with massive Tongans running at you. Um, <laughs> I, I, at least as we said last week, we mentioned how the under-23 junior kangaroos were such a good team. So we've got a lot of depth there, and if, if there needs to be spots filled, then um, there's plenty of, plenty of depth. But uh, but certain players didn't live up to expectations, I guess. The, the halfbacks probably the ones that are copying most of the, the flack there, and, and probably fair enough, Cherry Evans and... And uh, Munster, they did provide some opportunities and, and make line breaks and and, um, and provide some for other players too. But a couple of crucial moments there, especially towards the end, they made mistakes and, and um, probably probably cost, cost Australia the game. I look across at some of the Tongan names and some of the people that have committed to, to playing for them. And obviously it seems like a lot of people have sort of taken um, some big sort of pay cuts and stuff, like turn their back on playing for New South Wales for Origin or something like that. So for... For feeder and Tamalolo and, and those guys, they've obviously got some good things happening there in Tongan Rugby League. 
yeah, they have no right to be a second tier nation anymore. They've got, they're right up there with the top tier, and I think Australia would have planned for that. And well, you'd hope they would have anyway. And uh, I think yeah, usually in those games, maybe the defence doesn't gel quite as well. They're not used to those combinations. But it was nil all for quite a long time in that first half, and uh, only a few late tries it out to 16-12 so uh, so yeah it's good to see yeah absolutely if uh, Skinner do you got anything to add there we sort of haven't really heard from you breathing over there uh, yeah no I'm still kicking over here but no not nothing too much to add nothing too profound I think you've, you've covered that quite thoroughly as well done yeah, that's rare for you Skinner normally profound is what we expect from you <laughs> Um, but you've got a skin stat section coming up that you've actually prepared for, which is magnificent to hear. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people will be very, very happy with that, that's for sure. Um, the next one, guys, was sent in by uh, Peck86. I don't actually know his real name, but <laughs> Peck86 <laughs> will go with. So uh, great pecs on him. But um, the 2020 Youth Trent Tasman touch footy teams were, were announced uh, during the week. We obviously gave Brad Russell a little bit of a shout out there because we're a big fan of his work after he came on the podcast. Uh, but there's actually sort of six teams that are up there, right from 18 boys, 18 girls, 18 mixed, 20s boys, 20 girls, and 20 mixed. Um, so that's six teams that will play in Newcastle, uh, and that is in January. So from the 24th to the 26th of January, if you're not busy, has. Um, you might be big bashing at that time, actually. In the middle of summer, so you'd think so, but we'll wait and see, I guess. Mm, okay. Well, if you're playing in Sydney, just a short little hop, skip, and a jump over to Newcastle to watch them play. Um, a couple of other people that we probably do need to uh, that we do need to get around um, is sort of Drew Price will be in the twenties mixed team, uh, and he's someone that always sends in to us uh, about his UFC <laughs> questions. Remember those that we've yeah, covered really, yeah. really thoroughly. But he's a great man. He gives us a shout out every week on his Instagram story, uh, and then Isaiah. Uh, he also we played um, some at NTLs this year. I played in the Sharks team with him. He's a great man and, and is always very keen to get around the We Got the Chocolates page as well. So those two, along with obviously Bradley Russell, uh, we particularly wish a great tournament too uh, but obviously all the Australians go very very well and if you want to have a look at those teams then they are up on the Touch Football Australia website um, next we had a, one come in from obviously our own backyard so from Redlands uh, this one came from Matt Fay we was talking about Luke Davies uh, scoring 100 batting from the first ball to the last ball in fourth grade yesterday which was pretty impressive he's, he's a young kid how old was he skin? I couldn't tell that. He's in the tabs, so I think that's uh, under 17s, I believe. Yeah, very impressive, and he backed it up again today with 75 for tabs, so he's going well. I was just looking for ways to incorporate skin there again, but he's um, just swatted me away, so thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, That's a save the day. Thanks, mate. Fourth grade actually hung on for a draw there. They were in a precarious situation and managed to bail themselves out. Uh, Luke Davies hitting A4 off the final ball to end up 101 not out, so quite a story to tell the grandkids there. Um, then in our game, boys, in first grade, we obviously went down, which probably most people that listened last week would not find that hugely surprising, uh, given that we were chasing 415. But one mentioned that Bays has sent in for us, James Baisley sent in for us, was uh, John Stimson yesterday. Um, he decided that obviously we, we'd flick the switch and we we're going to try and bat for a draw. Uh, and Stimo has... Well, Baze refers to it as setting up the swag at one end. <laughs> he was just camping out, uh, just nailed four stakes into the ground and, and got the st- got the swag out. He ended up on 13 not out. He was stranded, so probably would have gone on to make a double hundred. Uh, 13 not out from 121 deliveries. So that was a day in the trenches for John. So had to get a mention, that's for sure. Worked on his batting a lot lately, John, and uh, hasn't been able to bowl with a few injuries, so so it's good to see that hard work pay off for him. That's right. He also couldn't bowl yesterday because he was too sore from batting, ironically. So Maybe wants to take Liam Smith's uh, opening batting spot there. Yeah, so, the grind, John. Giving a message to the skipper. Yeah, well, message received. Well done. Uh, and then Zach Kemp, guys, great, great uh, fan of the show. I've seen him in, uh, in when getting a haircut a couple of times, which is unusual for me to get a haircut, but <laughs> it's not required very often. No, it must be a cheap one. Well, you <laughs> still pay full price, which is a bit <laughs> stiff for my half the job. Um, but yeah, just to go in and make the penalty spot look a little bit more blended in with the rest of my hair by cutting it all short. That's the plan. Perfect. Mm, working so far has. I haven't had to make that plan yet, so I haven't thought about it too much. Uh, just wear a hat. It's my other solution. Uh, <laughs> But, boys, probably a serious topic that he's obviously brought to our attention, um, which was quite surprising to read and, and just showcases, I guess, um, 
how you do have to, well, I mean, it can strike anyone and it can always be the people that you probably least expect as well. But Glenn Maxwell obviously came out during the week and informed uh, everyone that he was obviously going to take some time away from the game as well to focus on his mental health, which was surprising because we, it was just last episode that we were talking about him being on the microphone and having a great time and, and running someone out and talking us through it. And um, and then obviously to read that, that he's probably not actually a happy happy person away from cricket um it's obviously very sad um first off and, and we send him our, our best wishes and and hope that um that the time away from the game is able to heal him and uh, and that he can definitely get his love back for the game because we'd certainly love watching him play yeah we're very lucky as professional cricketers to be able to play cricket as our job but you never know what's going on behind the scenes in their personal life or you know in their head uh thoughts about the game or or anything in general so yeah, hopefully he's uh, back on the cricket field in no time and we see him on the TV screens again. Mm, certainly. We need him back by the big bash, that's for sure. Otherwise, the viewers and ratings are going to be cut in half, I would suggest. No switch hits. <laughs> yeah, he's unbelievable in T20 cricket. He's a great competitor, someone you want to be um, playing against. You want to play against the best and he's he's one of those. Mm, absolutely. No, very, very fair. Um, and so thank you to all of those people who did write in, guys. It was great to uh, have your ideas, great to get you involved. And uh, as per usual, you are the most educated sporting guests that we have ever spoken to. Um, this is the first podcast we've ever made, but don't let that get in the way of the story there, Spin. <laughs> uh, but no, quality. Thank you so much, guys. And we, uh, we look forward to continuing that tradition to... Uh, get some of your thoughts across Instagram in the future. Um, we're going to go on to a little cricket wrap here. Oh, the ball is close. He's given him. He's given him. Peter Settle's got a hat-trick on his birthday. Champion, 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 champion. All righty, I, um, I might start us off in the cricket wrap, try and work up my word count a little bit here. Yeah, that'd be nice um, if you'd have a word. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll talk us through the women's BBL. Um, so there was a game today, I think, uh, between the Sixers and... Melbourne Stars, I reckon. Stars, was it? Yeah. Stars, was it? Yeah, thanks. Are they still sitting in uh, last place? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, still yeah, so, sitting down there. Yeah, <laughs> stars are still still down there at the bottom <laughs> of the ladder. Stand up at some stage, has. Um, and the Sixers, who who has predicted to win the comp, actually. So, it was, yeah, it was... Should have been an interesting matchup, and um, <laughs> should have been. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the Sixers haven't disappointed. They've put on a clinic, hitting none for a hundred and ninety nine off their twenty overs. That yeah, is ridiculous. Surely someone, surely someone's falling on their sword at some stage. But uh, yeah. no need. Uh, it's not required. So, um, Has yeah. that ever happened before? No wickets lost in twenty twenty. I couldn't tell you. Maybe yeah. Maybe that'll be skin stats next week. Skin I'll, send stats in, eh? yeah. I'll send it in. I'll send it in. Uh, but um, yeah, no. Elise Perry, obviously, pretty impressive hitting, eighty-seven off sixty-eight, and Alyssa Healy turned up one hundred and six off fifty-three. She does not struggle yeah. with the cricket bat. Yeah, no. So that's pretty impressive, and they obviously went on to win the game. Um, and then another little shout out to Beth Mooney, who's now averaging eighty-seven in the WBBL after hitting seventy-seven not out off fifty-one rocks today. Um, in Brisbane's win over the Adelaide Strikers in Mackay, so that's that's not a bad little series either. Pretty due to get her on the podcast actually has. I reckon you'd have some contacts there. It seems like we speak about her every week. It's just rude not to ask her. No, I know Beth. She's a great woman. So hopefully we can get a hold of her and convince her that this is a great show for her to oh, <laughs> geez, um, talk to on. Tough to convince. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, um, but yeah. So we at the moment in the WBBL, we've got the Thunder leading the way. Um, closely followed by Adelaide and, and has his pick for the tournament, the Sixers, and then and then our team, the Brisbane Heat's in fourth. So, yeah. Well, maybe just get some Sheffield Shield into your head as well, Has Yeah, I guess the big, uh, big news in the Sheffield Shield was uh, debutant Daniel Solway scores 100 in that debut for New South Wales. It was an interesting selection uh, because... You know, he hasn't been in the setup as much as a lot of other players in that in their squad. But uh, he has scored heaps of runs in first grade and second eleven cricket over the past few years. Him and Nick Burtis, you know, interesting. He's selected ahead of Jack Edwards, Jason Sanger, Param Upple, who are all young guns with massive wraps on them, uh, who may not have had you know the best stats necessarily on their records at this stage. It's only early in their career though. But and it's surprising because there's a lot of media talk um, around and it has been about them over the last couple of years. So for those two slightly older guys to get call-ups is yeah, interesting but they've they've done well as as you can see 
Yeah, I, I actually like really, really, really supportive. Like, the Solway's only 24, so we talk about like slightly older guys. I would feel like that's not hugely old. But we were looking at um, we'd listened to sort of his presentation speech yesterday, and he scored 8,000 runs uh, across first grade and, and futures league cricket. So 8,000 runs at 24 years of age, that is a serious amount of runs to score to knock the door down, I reckon. So despite the fact that obviously yeah, all of those guys have probably played first-class cricket already, um, Jason Sandwiches and Jack Edwards and stuff, then obviously uh, I was really, really impressed. At, I didn't know anything about Daniel Solway, but to hear in his presentation how many runs he'd scored, that's that's a massive uh, sort of testament to obviously his character and then a great sign for anyone out there to go, well, don't feel hard done, boy, if you haven't scored as many runs as what he has. Yeah, well and truly deserves it without a doubt. I'm not trying to take that off him at all. Absolutely. And uh, the same game, Jared Sayers took eight wickets in the first innings of that match. Unbelievable. Uh, it just yeah. makes bowling look easy at Adelaide Oval. And, uh, I'll tell you where else up. he's made bowling look easy, actually. has This is a story for you. <laughs> um, at Henley Oval against El Drennan and the West Torrens team, when we were beaten outright, and he dismissed me for four and zero in the, in the one day. You have so. to be pretty good down there as a bowler too, because I've played a couple of times in second eleven cricket, and it is flat on every ground I've played, or at least when I've played down there. Just as a disclaimer, this was a green team going everywhere. <laughs> okay, well, I'd hope so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he backed it up in the second innings with another five wickets, so 13 for the match. Yeah, he's, he's earned his, his cash that game. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he's <laughs> not a bad match. Actually, has I just wanted to ask a little question here. Just the the Solway story reminds me of this. Um, How did you get? Where did you make your debut? Your first class debut down in Tasmania in uh, Hobart. How did that go? It was a good game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we won. Um, yeah, I managed to pick up a hundred in the first innings and seventy odd in the second. So it was it was a nice way to start. What number were you batting? Batting at three, actually. Yeah, yeah. you've been so high, Second game of the year. I was rookie contracted. Didn't expect to get a game necessarily that year at all. But, uh, yeah, thrown in into the mix and filled in at number three and, and loved it. Yeah, it's great. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's yeah, you would love cricket after a day like that, I guess, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> As a genuine question has, I know we don't often get on to serious topics, but, like, on debut, obviously, you've killed it there at number three and just slapped them everywhere. Do you think, because you often see sort of like people come out and think about like Travis Dean, uh, Harry Nielsen, Daniel Solway, Sam has the four names sort of off the top of my head that have made hundreds on their first Yeah, lots of guys have. I think um, Joe Burns and, and yeah. Peter Forrest, I think maybe as well. Has like Manus made so. 85 on debut. Um, it's obviously not 100, not the same bracket as you has, but <laughs> definitely like there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who have actually done really, really well on debut. Do you think that with the amount of obviously access to sort of video and, and live streaming and watching replays and stuff now, does it actually get harder um, when you then teams are obviously able to go away and prepare having seen vision of your play and they can go and actually work out and go okay well this is where that guy struggles um and then have bowling plans to get you out and then you've almost got to try and reinvent yourself again like do you find that 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 to be the case i think teams get better at bowling at you after you play a few shield games um they definitely should have a good idea of how you bat because in second 11 cricket it's all recorded so you watch the footage and you can see from there i think batters do so well in the first game because they get to that level and they think, gee, this is going to be another level. The bowlers are going to be so good here. I'm going to have to be on. I'm going to have to watch the ball that hard. Mm. And they fight on each ball. They're focused and, and switched on. And and um, because they have the skills, they got they got there for a reason. They're, they're, they're good batters already. And, you know, that, that approach works well for them. And then it's just about trying to uh, replicate that. And it's not as easy as it, as it sounds. So yeah. um, they need to find a way. And we, I do too need to find a way to do that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard for you at the moment because you've got that video camera thing on your hand so you can't even pick up a cricket bat at the moment. I went to ask you how to hold a cricket bat today and you couldn't even show me. Yeah, broken fingers and holding cricket bats don't mix too well. Very <laughs> stiff, mate. How is, the, uh, how is the hand going for the listeners out there? Are you getting that thing off at any stage? Yeah, I think about two and a half weeks in now, so hopefully in a couple of days, see the specialist, get a rescanned. should be able to take the splint off then and um, get my range back in it hopefully and... Yeah, maybe maybe four weeks total would be nice to be out in the cricket field again after that, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. Good, Haz. Um, did we finish your shield wrap or are you still going with that? Uh, I probably should mention that Travis Head scored 100 for South Australia in that match, trying to keep, um, be in that next test squad. Yeah, that's going to be a hard squad to pick, actually, with the people that are getting runs at the moment and probably some of the people that aren't getting runs as well. Yeah, plenty of options. You know, Do you go with the guys who have scored the most runs or do you think about what wickets they've played on as well and more of a long-term... Outlook on how they've been in the last 
five years or you know how do you how do you go about it so yeah yeah, yeah very true finally uh cam bancroft caught it leg gully or leg slip however you call it for the third innings in a row and yeah, uh, we, saw that. we've joked about that in the queensland squad a fair bit talked about how we like in the last couple of years we need to get a guy in that leg slip leg gully position because he always hits it there trying to play straight trying to block the ball back down the wicket and he somehow finds an inside edge and it actually carries to that position mm. and uh, we haven't done it a whole lot but I guess after a couple of innings of it happening we've decided that we'd go with it and give it a crack as well and Marnus, Marnus took the catch there Is that the reason for the ridiculous celebration yeah. Marnus is double fist pump to the sky <laughs> Massive yeah. carry I think he was turning yeah. to the coach's box there and like oh, yeah, okay, and say yeah. yeah I told you guys it was going to work yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah No that makes sense very fair um, Alright well let's get on to uh, to the men's international cricket as well guys uh, now obviously we've had another couple of games uh, since our last weekly wrap podcast so Australia did clean sweep Sri Lanka in the 2020 series uh, they obviously chased down 117 in the second game and 142 in the third game. So those next two games, they actually batted second, which was probably disappointing for the crowd because they were chasing quite small totals. Um, interestingly, David Warner actually remained not out for the entire series. So he scored 60 and 57 in, in game two and three. And that was obviously after his 100 in the first game that we spoke about. Uh, and then Steve Smith uh, proved a few people wrong. Um, sort of that might have classed him as only just a test batter and, and he came out and got 53 not out off 36 as well in his first innings back in Australia in sort of 2020 colours and I don't think he's actually played a huge amount of 2020 cricket for Australia has he so no not a lot and going back to Dave Warner yeah how good of a T20 cricketer is he However, I was watching the Pakistan game against Australia in the first um, T20 and today rained out as well yeah yeah and I saw David Warner's stats and averages 30 or 29.99 or something now in, in T20 cricket, which is which is really good for T20 cricket. Mm. Barbara Zam in the in the Pakistan team averages 50, over 50 in T20 international cricket, which yeah. is and he's played a fair few as well. Yeah, so that is, is incredible, and he's the world so number one yeah. in the T20 international batter. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, if he, um, it's a shame that we're not a Pakistani podcast. Otherwise, we would talk about him yeah, a lot more. We'd be but, all over that. Yeah, we would be, that's for sure. Um, but no, very, very impressive. Speaking of, um, well, actually, no, we're not speaking of it at all, but I'll just go on to an entirely <laughs> new point. Um, there was, through the week, uh, Shakabal Hassan as well, who we've seen actually is relevant to Australian cricket because he has played in the Big Bash quite a few times. Um, but he's obviously been banned from cricket for two years as well. Uh, the second has been suspended, though, but that's for failing to report approaches from a match fixer as well so we're sort of seeing that rear its ugly head again uh, but we, we haven't really seen many details about this have we like we don't sort of know if you just uh, you know like a, someone came up to him and said hey mate how many overs are you going to bowl this game or whatever no, it was a it was a well-known match fixer that uh has been sending him messages on yeah. whatsapp somehow got his number uh whatsapp not yeah. great. Not great for the app when the next person <laughs> gives that a rating on the Apple store. Yeah, uh, I Speaking think a lot of, of the guys give us a rating as well, by the way. Should have mentioned that at the start. Uh, Carry on, Hurts. <laughs> I think a lot of the messages on his phone had been deleted, so I was a bit suspect suspect that he felt the need to delete the messages he'd Maybe sent back just to the needed some more gigabytes, man. And he's supposed uh, he might have only got like a sixteen gig phone and he was just like, geez, where can I get rid of some space here? Probably this yeah, these messages from the match fixer went in those. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be that. But yeah, I think at first he said he was asking for details about uh, the match inside information, not actually telling him to fix the match. But What hope, type of inside information do they want, those folks? What like, the pitch is like, what the team list is going to be. They're, they're, I've heard talk about match fixers c- controlling how many people wear caps on the field versus no hats or versus bright board brims or they, they put money on. They like bet, an actual market that yeah, people bet on. They bet on how many players are going to wear a watch or a wristband on the field oh, or long sleeve shirts in the field. So that's that counts as match fixing. You can't do that. Yeah. Long sleeve shirts. Do you reckon that's why some keepers wear short sleeves and they're like, what is this going on? They're <laughs> just actually match there. fixing. That's yeah. it. We're going to have to go and investigate them. That's yeah, fair enough. Okay, that's weird. Um, this is the actual thing that I was trying to segue to. Speaking of Pakistan, um, Western Australian leg spinner, which certainly played for Western Australia last year, but Usman Qadir. Qadir. Son of Abdul. Yeah, son of Abdul, exactly. Uh, he's obviously been named in the Pakistan squad for the tour of Australia as well uh, after he played for, as we said, WA and then the Scorchers last year as a leg spinner but with a wicked wrong in as well that people sort of struggled to pick in the big bash. So mm. it was interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, he's a good bowler without a doubt, but 
I, I didn't think he'd be in the Pakistan squad. They've got a lot of good spinners over there, and you've seen them come over here and, and do damage to the Australian batters who struggle to pick them. And Usman had a couple of good games for sure, but, but um, you know, I mean, good luck to him. They, they said they picked him because he's had experience in Australia and knows how to bowl here, so fair enough. But, well, yeah, interesting selection. Hmm. Yes, very, very fair. Okay, uh, that's probably done us for a cricket wrap there, guys. Not bad at all. Thank you. Very thorough. Uh, skin well contributed once more. Yeah, just a few seconds at the start there. No, I'm really looking forward to I'm this skin start section. It better be a good student. <laughs> you've been genuinely Captain Nowhere tonight. Um, but Skin, maybe you've got something for me on this. Quality. Uh, now, guys, as I alluded to, the social simbin, um, we will probably get some uh, ridiculous comments based on obviously the outrage from so the Australia v Tonga result uh, last night, and people didn't let us down. Obviously, Sam sort of kicked off. He got the ball rolling with the uh, I've seen under sixes play better than that. That was embarrassing from Australia. Now, I'm not sure if Sam's watched. Uh, I, I mean, I know you probably shouldn't take these. Not me, by the way. It's yeah, a different I Sam. Just, I, didn't I, didn't yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. It is, um, yeah, but yeah, different, different Sam. In fact, we call him Samuel just for ease of use and lack of confusion. Um, but yeah, I, I know you probably shouldn't interpret these literally, but I'm going to. Um, <laughs> if you ever watched the under sixes game of rugby league, they are dreadful. Like literally, everyone stands in a pack. You can throw a blanket over them. Everyone's trying to steal the ball from one another. It's a one out pass from acting half only because you have to pass it. That's the rule. That's they didn't yeah, play worse than under sixes, yeah. unfortunately. I've got some great memories from under sixes. That was yeah, you were probably times. good because you just ran around the whole pack. Of <laughs> <laughs> so I did. Yeah, okay, perfect. Well, I mean, in that case, maybe you would have played better than last night. Maybe they wanted you at centre. Um, but yeah, Sam, I'm afraid, I understand the point that you're trying to make, but that's, it's not a great comparison. So uh, chuck yourself in the bin for a little bit, please. Um, my favourite one, though, guys, I, I think this one's amazing. Uh, mainly because the guy that wrote it is named Who. <laughs> <laughs> so Who wrote it? Um, and his comment uh, in response to this was, uh, the NRL is a train wreck, just another example of the mess. Now, what I find quite ironic about that is that every Tongan player pretty much also plays NRL. <laughs> so, the vast majority, yeah. <laughs> literally like, how is that the NRL's fault that they've developed players that are also good for other countries not just australia yeah that's great for rugby league to see yeah. that competition. <laughs> we don't want australia dominating necessarily i mean as an australian fan you want them winning but yeah. it's great to see the competition with other other countries oh my goodness that's exactly right so i'm unsure of how that makes the nrl a train wreck i think most people are sort of usually wanting the game to develop and go to some of these second tier countries uh so new phone who dis that is not great by you Grab yourself in the bin also, a little seat in the bin there. Uh, and then from Craig, no wonder the ARL did not want Folau to play, which I just don't – that confuses me. I don't understand <laughs> them. What, what has that got to do with anything? What's the point that he's trying to make? Would he have beat Folau by himself? And would that have been <laughs> bad? I don't get it. And yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to help you, but I've got nothing. I'm rattled. How's anything? I, mean, I need to get Craig on, in contact with us to explain yeah, it. happy to. <laughs> Call Craig and find out there. Um, and then, boys, we've got, we always try and pick sort of a big target. Um, and <laughs> this <laughs> one. some controversy. That's right. Yeah, it has some controversy. I'm sure they're really concerned when we tag them. Um, but Fox Sports, we've actually had a crack at them a couple of times. But uh, again, just their headline again. This is probably not just Fox Sports. I think this is like you have to do this as a subject at university if you're a journalist, um, how to write a headline that's misleading and untrue. Um, and so this one is. Halep branded a disgrace. Um, now, this is what her coach actually says. Look at me. The last three games, you've been a disgrace on the court. Come on. You cannot win this match doing what you've done the last three games. You've got to reel it in. Get your focus back between... So, as you can see, he does say, for the last three games, you've been a disgrace. 
right? Uh, and it's obviously as a way of sort of motivating her and saying, like, seeing if you look at the video, she's visibly upset. She's obviously thrown in the towel, and and he goes on to say, for no reason, you've thrown it in. Um, but to to make the comment or the headline, sorry. Branded a disgrace honestly makes it sound like she's been match fixing or, or <laughs> handed in a poor drug sample or something like that. Yeah, trying to suggest it's a personal attack That's from her, which right, it certainly yeah. wasn't. No, which it was not. It was used as a standard motivational chat from her Australian coach there. Um, so, Fox Sports again, because you snicked us off and you got us with your clickbait article, um, we are also putting you in the social sin bin there. Yeah, it gets me every time. It got you as well, Skin. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for letting us know. Um, Skinner. Yep. We're going to one more quick just so we can uh, play the NRL tune. Actually, we probably should have played it earlier, but here it is. Yeah, so the final piece of NRL or Rugby League in general news is Sam Burgess and Matt Gillette, uh, Gillette have retired recently due to shoulder injuries of some sort. They'll both be seeking medical reti- uh, retirement, I believe, from their clubs so they don't count in the salary cap for their clubs because they both have multiple years left on their contract. So they've just got to convince the NRL that it was one moment after they've signed their previous contract and it's not a pre-existing injury. It happened after that contract was signed and, and yeah, an injury caused them to not be able to play rugby league again. Right. Do we reckon that would be easy to do? Like, do we see often people sort of being exempt from the salary cap because of medical retirements, or is that rare? I think uh, Greg Inglis, did he get exempt? Oh, yeah. I think that, I think he was a medical retirement, maybe. I don't know if he's actually got accepted or not. I know Ben Madalino from the Tigers, he recently got accepted. That took, I think, over a month or a long time for the, the NRL to accept that as a medical retirement. Um, Sam Burgess apparently they said you know he had a, he had a bung shoulder it was causing trouble for years but they said after the last piece of surgery after he signed his most recent contract he um, uh, the the wound got infected yeah, okay. uh, from the operation so that's what they're going to try and say that that he couldn't play because of the infection right right all right yeah very fair. Well done, Haz. It's good. It's our, our, our last bit of rugby league news there. Um, and then the next one, has obviously, I uh, probably don't have a little jingle for, unfortunately, but I will just give us a bit of this one. Um, but you have come across a little sport, that, like a special sports showcase, I guess we're kind of going to call it there, the Triple uh, S. Um, but you're just going to tell us a little bit, Haz, about a, uh, a sport that you found yourself playing yesterday. Yeah, Saturday afternoon, played a bit of disc golf. So I'm not sure if you guys have played disc golf before. I think I've always called it frisbee golf. Is that the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'd but I didn't know that it was like a real sport. Like this yeah. was like a setup. Like it's actually set up for frisbee yeah. golf. Yeah, and I actually played years ago when I was about 10 years old in America. They've got full forests or parks that are just for frisbee golf. But this one is a, just a standard public park in Yoronga, Felberg Park, just next to South Korea Club. So we can play a game after we play at South next time maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I just played at South the other day actually and saw people having a trundle at disc golf at the end of the day. Was, oh, there really, you go. Yeah, good you viewing. Join them? Join them? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I probably could have after I nicked off, but uh, <laughs> so I the Probably should watch the game instead. We <laughs> yeah. frowned upon. Yeah. I played with um, fellow Redlands Tigers cricketer Scott McAuliffe, good mate of mine. Scott, um, where's he been? Yeah, unable to play cricket at the moment. Uh, he's got shin splints, oh, so yeah. he's working as an engineer. But um, but yeah, not allowed to run around. But uh, it doesn't stop him from playing disc golf because he can just yeah. walk the course. Sure. <laughs> yep. Um, he's got a pretty good frisbee throwing technique actually I struggle to start with to match his skills and control um, but that's what you'd expect from someone who lives about 100 metres from the disc golf course mm, <laughs> I mean house prices surely must have skyrocketed in the area since the course has been added to the local park people right. must be yeah. flocking to the area to be around a, a world renowned disc that golf course that would be like that would be the type of thing that I would look at when buying a house <laughs> are you going to get a disc golf course yes okay well in that case <laughs> you had me yeah, Scott, um, his experience shone through in the front nine, leading by three shots after the front nine. And there was actually only nine holes at the end of the course. <laughs> so he was winning. <laughs> I convinced him that we should play the back nine, which was actually just the front nine reversed. So oh, go from... Far out has. Okay. Go, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I found my range somehow. We, was, we were all tired leading into the final hole, clawed my way back and um, yeah, managed to claim victory by one shot somehow. 
and uh, there's, it's actually not, not a tiny game worldwide. There's 115. Yeah, so this is what I'm shocked about. Like, I thought that you were literally just going to come on and tell us about you playing disc golf <laughs> against one person. I was like, as it's probably not a great segment idea, but there's actually it's a real sport. Ah, well, yeah. Just try and get some get some deets out there for people who want to know more about some random sports. Well, no, they there would a be crack. a lot. There would be a lot out there. Yeah, one hundred fifteen thousand active members of PDGA worldwide. Which, for those who don't know, which I'm sure is most, it's the yep. profession, professional disc golf association. <laughs> most people probably could work that out, but <laughs> I'm sure those professionals get paid through the roof to to be professional disc golfers. Yeah, probably in Europe or something like somewhere yeah, weird. They want to like get around it. Volleyballers get paid an absolute monster in Europe and zero in Australia. Anyway, carry on. Sorry, yeah. So my, my researchers told me that the first game was played in Canada in 1926. Um, early competitions used trees, trash cans, or hula hoops as holes or targets. But now there's a specially designed metal basket with sort of chains that hang around it that act as the net. It's usually a, a standard. Um, and yeah, I actually uh, saw that in the footage of you winning, and I've never seen you that pumped about anything <laughs> in my entire life as this frisbee golf result. Like the slow mo of your fist pump was something that we'd like should have been putting Titanic music to. <laughs> Fortunately, my broken hands, yeah, my broken hands, my, my non dominant, so I can still throw a frisbee, which was very handy. And uh, uh, <laughs> the, the yeah. same as sign language, quite handy. <laughs> Shut uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the discs they use are normally a bit smaller but also a bit heavier than, than your average Frisbee. Uh, they're, different, they're actually different size Frisbees for different purposes. You've got a long-range driver, you've got a mid-range iron and a short-range putter. Well, and there's multiple of each of those uh, depending on the, the player and their preferences. So uh, we only had a, one of each and we, we shared sort of – Alternated between who had the driver and the iron, but each hole. Pick up these frisbees at the place. No, no, there's there's no clubhouse, there's no place to play. It's free. It's just at a random park. But Scott had these frisbees in his possession. Jeez, how into this game is he? <laughs> well, if you live 100 meters from the park, yeah, you'd you have to invest to get in there. Yeah, good point. Yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of different types of throws. They they have in, as professionals. They do yeah, just your ob- obvious backhand throw, which I just only did backhands. But you have your forehand, which you see some people doing with a frisbee. Special names for different overhand or roller throws, whether you get it bouncing off the ground and getting it around the trees and obstacles on the course. I'm a pretty intelligent guy, has, and I've never heard of most of those throws. That's for sure. <laughs> Never studied those at school. There you go. That's why. That's why this segment is as it is. Mm, that's true. Yeah. You are uh, speaking of you studying at school, Lethal. Well, you've you've got a bit of an unfair advantage on the rest of us. You were, were there for a little bit longer than everyone was. How are you there longer than anyone else? That, that makes it sound like that. I got kept down, <laughs> 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 which is not the case. Uh, it's a bit I'd, more entertaining than that. Yeah, no, on. I did. Tell us about it. Well, I did. Uh, I had to do one extra day of school than everyone else has. Uh, there was about four of us that did actually, um, mainly due to the fact that the classic muck-up day prank uh, went quite wrong for us. We were encouraged to uh, to go on the sort of last night of school um, and uh, and do a bit of muck-up, which I don't think anyone even had any great ideas. Like my contribution was putting Vaseline on every door handle, which was actually hilarious. I remember doing that to Skin in Darwin. Me and Spencer Johnson did it to Skin in Darwin heaps with Vaseline <laughs> on the door handles and got him every time. So it would have actually That'd been be great. so annoying. Yeah, it would have been a great gag. Uh, but I think like most of the other most of the other efforts were probably just um, borderline sort of damaging property like throwing eggs and baked bean cans and stuff like that um anyway so because we caused quite a racket um we'd always thought that like the stories about them having security at the school were just to scare you off and that was actually not true um and we found out that it definitely was true when we started seeing sort of torch lights and hearing a dog barking so obviously we legged it as fast as possible um try to get out of there everyone jumped the fence it was all clear great news one of the blokes that we did not even go with, he just happened to be in the school. Uh, and obviously we saw him when we went in there because he had a similar idea. He was caught by the dog as he was trying to jump over the fence. Oh, right. shit. And, uh, and then he, obviously, the security guard in the school interrogated him and said, who are you with? Even though we weren't even with him, we all got dobbed in. So it was all us, which was brilliant. Um, he's now You're so, the, so innocent, weren't you? Well, he's now in the army now, which would be great if he ever gets interrogated. I hope he never gets caught. <laughs> um, so that's, that's interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, we were. I, what was the worst thing was that 
like I didn't know that he'd obviously dobbed everyone in. So then I got called up to the principal's office. I was the first person to go in and I just categorically denied doing it. I was just like, no, nah, never heard of this school that you spoke of. Uh, <laughs> and no, it wasn't there. I was in bed. Blah, blah, blah. And then I came out and the guy went, um, yeah, man, I dobbed everyone in, by the way. It's like, great, thanks. thanks. So obviously on the final day that everyone got off because our graduation was that night, so all year 12s didn't have to go to school, I, along with three other blokes, had to come to school and scrape gum off chairs and just do some horrendous tasks around the school, just anything that was horrific, clean the toilets and stuff that they could just think of. And then I'm pretty sure every teacher got instructed to just, like, hate us uh, for that day because every time we'd walk around, like, just teachers would, like, growl at us and scar, like, yeah. snarl at us and just, yeah, it was it was a weird experience. Sounds yeah, right. right. There you go. Yeah, so it you had an unfair <laughs> advantage about sort of being a bit more switched on than everyone, but you didn't actually learn anything in that extra day. It was just a bit of community service. Well, yeah, I learned how to scrape gum, I guess. Ah, yeah. count that, okay. so, Perfect. Um, not sure what else I would have learned, how to wear fluoro. I would have been a great traffic controller because I was walking <laughs> around in a fluoro vest so that all the younger kids could just point at you and laugh. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. humiliating. <laughs> I, I don't was think one. you'd even be allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember I was definitely one of those kids in, in junior <laughs> yeah. school at the time. That's my idiot brother wearing <laughs> the fluoro. <laughs> there. I had a brother and sister at the same school, so all their mates would have thought I was an absolutely deadbeat. Correct. <laughs> Uh, magnificent um, Skinnel Yep Let me play this intro Because this is your time to shine Alright You just have to wait Thank you Lethal Alright um, Yeah My time to shine So hopefully I, I can put on a better performance Than last week I just sort of got a bit fumbled up With my script and stuff But we'll, we'll see how we go <laughs> Um, we get your buffering here to give yourself some more time again. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a disclaimer. Um, anyways, we've received a message during the week uh, drawing my attention to the Major League Baseball, uh, which is obviously not an Australian sport, so we wouldn't normally focus on it, but I've, I've never been one to discriminate. I've obviously had to learn a bit about the NFL. That and, was Carl making that send that in, wasn't it? Just to give him a name drop. It was, yeah, yeah. Give him a name drop. Thanks, Carl. Um, and yeah, so I've had to learn a bit about the NFL and, and plenty of other sports sort of in my in my skin stats journey. Um, and yeah, in this case, the baseball has, has probably produced the most interesting statistic that I've, I've stumbled across in the recent weeks. Um, so the World Series has been happening over the last, the last couple of weeks in America. Um, we've had the Houston Astros taking on the Washington Nationals in a best of seven playoff series to, to sort of find the winner. Yeah, um, so I watched a bit of this actually. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I didn't. Once, I just read about once it. Once Carl alerted us to it, I was like, oh, I better get around this. Yeah. It's, um, what do you think about baseball? It can be like the, I love watching the highlights, but the games go for 19 hours and yeah. you see about four minutes of play. Yeah, it's very slow. Nothing like test cricket, is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, that's fair. That's yeah, pretty right, rich. Enough. Yeah. American. <laughs> like, too much. What the heck are you guys talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I think the highlights are unreal. Some of the like things that you see, the yeah. outfield catches, yeah, yeah. jumping in the crowd to catch them and stuff yeah. are pretty. Pretty awesome. Yeah, no, there's some impressive skills on display. Mm. Um, anyways, getting back to the stats, what do I have? The Washington Nationals won the first two games away in Houston. Then the Houston Astros won the, won the next three games away in Washington um, before the Nationals won the sixth game back in Houston. So we so we had a the seventh game decider for only the 40th time in the World Series, 115-year history. Um, and entering the entering the seventh game, we had both teams had obviously won three games, and all of their three games had been away games, which sort of sounds a bit rare. It's quite counterintuitive. You sort of talk about a home ground advantage, I guess. Yeah, and, that's right. Incredible. And, yeah, those yeah. big charts in like the AFL finals about the home ground advantage and stuff, and yeah. these guys were just throwing the theory out the window. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And I think they like, obviously one team has to get more home grounds than um, more home ground games than the other in a in a seven game playoff. So they sort of decide that around who's whoever's been best throughout the season. So yeah, it's meant to meant to be this big advantage. But um then the yeah, the seventh the seventh game the Nationals were playing away and, and managed to get the win. Um and so for the first time in any North American game like like game with a with a sort of seven best of seven post match so post that's like series match. Yeah, yeah. So basketball, hockey, NFL, any of those games we've yeah. had had all seven games won by an away team. First time ever. First time ever. So that was. I didn't realize it was the first time ever, like across all yeah, those across sports. all sports. Yeah, so that was that's loose. 
Yeah, that was pretty impressive. That was that was sort of the fun little little stat um, and a few little bonuses. It was also it was the sixth straight year that the away team has won the deciding game and the fourth straight series won by the away team. Um, but yeah, definitely the first ever that all seven games were away. So. A bit more pressure playing in front of the home crowd. Want to do well for them? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, maybe it's crazy theory. Yeah, that's right. Maybe just uh, choke, choke a hauntus there <laughs> the, uh, in front of the home crowd. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was yeah, yeah that's it so. for the baseball. And then yeah. obviously we've I've been following along with the the rugby union World Cup recently, so should probably give a quick little update there. Um, we had the final was last night, I think, wasn't it? it was, uh, mm. yeah, 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 it was last, last night, night yeah. Saturday night. Um, you actually watched it with yep. me, so that's yeah, good memory. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, short-term memory loss. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, we had South Africa versus England in in the grand final, and South Africa managed to upset them, winning thirty-two to twelve. So yeah, making making a fool of my my big spreadsheet yet again. But that's all right. Mm. No, nah, well, that spreadsheet was dead about three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> when did you do it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's good, skin on. All right, that'll do me. Thanks. No worries at all. That's very impressive, actually. Um, now, has this was a segment that really just that set the crowd a lot <laughs> last week, actually. Uh, so this is obviously any news that we haven't got to cover in depth. We're at the 45, 46-minute mark now. So any news that we haven't covered in depth, um, Has is going to try and cover in the next 60 seconds. It is a minute to thin it. Ooh. Ready, Has? And go. In International Rugby League, Fiji beat Samoa 44-18 and New Zealand beat Great Britain Lions 12-8. Cricket, Victorian coach Andrew McDonald will be Australia's assistant coach for the home summer. In cricket, Oman, Scotland, Namibia, Netherlands, PNG and Ireland booked their spots in the T20 Cricket World Cup qualifiers. Uh, in Shield cricket, Tasmania beat Victoria in Hobart in one-day domestic cricket. Queensland beat WA in the first one-day domestic game played at Metricon Stadium. In tennis, Ash Barty beat Carolina Pliskova to book her spot in the WTA Finals Championship match against Ch- in China against Alina Svitolina in, uh, oh. from Ukraine. <laughs> Barty will end the year as well, number one, regardless. First T20 international between Australia and Pakistan at the SCG in cricket has been abandoned due to the rain after a good start from the Aussies. Jeez, has you've absolutely killed it there. Yeah. How much time did I have left? Right. You had exactly 15 seconds. Still left. left. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So we need to give you more news right. next week. Yeah, that's right. Even with some of those, slower. Some 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 names. those names as well. Jeez. Oh. No, but in the interest of time, Has, I think you've actually done really, really well for us there. That's impressive. Um, and then Has, the other thing that you've actually contributed this week, um, and now you sort of you sort of had like sort of spoken to us a little bit about how you wrote us a song and we never used it, blah, 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 and now it's probably not as topical anymore. So uh, you've actually gone out and just written a new song, um, which we thought was very, very impressive uh, because this is this is definitely a song about something that we can all sort of I'd be, we're all familiar with, I guess, the feeling has. Can you explain this, the basis of the song to us that you've written? Yeah, so it's based off Sears' song, oh, not Sears' song, sorry, the Chainsmokers' song, uh, Don't Let Me Down, yeah. and uh, I've changed that to Don't Give Me Out. So it's, uh, it's a story about someone who's nicked one early, and yeah. uh, but it's a very fine edge, and they're, they're trying to convince, they're trying to, uh, you know, hope that the umpire doesn't give them out because they're just going to stand there. They're not walking. They're yeah. not going. Absolutely. Uh, just burgled down the leg side, has. <laughs> yeah, this was, um, plenty of times. Particularly topical for me, my, my dismissal yesterday was... The faintest of edges, and I hung around for about five minutes trying to convince the umpire it wasn't out, but not to be. Okay, so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Hazlitt has written and produced, uh, supported in the vocals by yours truly, and it is a song about Mitch Drennan's dismissal yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hope you enjoy it. Nick the ball, this time I'm not gonna walk. Fielders go up, I'm not gonna walk. Umpire staring down, he looks at me and I stand my ground. I look at him and I stand my ground. I need runs, I need runs, I need runs right now. Yeah, I need runs right now. So don't give me, don't give me, don't give me out I think I'm gonna get dropped now It's in your hands, umpire's call I hope you can hear outside edge hitting balls So don't give me, don't give me, don't give me out Don't give me out, don't give me out 
Don't get me out, out, out. Don't get me out, don't get me out, out, out. Please, sir, I wanna play. I really need this to go my way. But nothing seems to go my way. I need runs, I need runs, I need runs right now. Yeah, I need runs right now. So don't get me, don't get me, don't get me out. I think I'm gonna get dropped now. It's in your hands. Umpires call. I hope you can hear outside edge hitting balls. So don't get me, don't get me, don't get me out. Don't get me out. Don't get me out. Dance anthem. Don't get me out, out, out. Yep. Don't get me out, out, out. Don't get me out, out, out. Don't get me out, don't get me out, out, out. Oh, I think I'm gonna get dropped now, yeah. Oh, I think I'm gonna get dropped now, yeah. It's actually very hard to sing that empire. Right, guys, that was the what was the song called again? Has uh, don't give me out, I believe it was called. Obviously, a parody, uh, a cover of the Chain Smokers hit. Has don't let me down, don't let me down. What a song that was! Well, very well performed. Has how were your vocals there? Were you strong? Not much of a public singer. I'm probably the last person to get up on a karaoke night and, and belt out the tunes. So that's what we do here, man. Me. Just get, a, get people out of their comfort zone. It's magnificent. It's great to see you. I thought you embraced it. We'll obviously have a little lyric video at some stage. We get to see uh, Haz's facial expressions there as well. <laughs> uh, very, very strong. And what a way to take us out of this episode. This was episode 18, guys, I believe, wasn't it? Yep. Sounds it was, right. dude. Episode 18. Obviously, uh, if you missed our interview last week with Kate McCarthy, we would implore you to go back and listen to that. It's fantastic. Keep your ear out for the Matthew Renshaw interview this week. Uh, Guys, we really hope that you enjoyed this particular episode. Uh, If you did, obviously please get yourself over to either Apple or Spotify and subscribe uh, wherever you listen to it. Uh, Give us a rating. That would be magnificent and greatly appreciated. If you have any feedback or ideas for us to cover as you've sort of contributed this week, please send an email straight to hello at wegotthechocolates.com.au. And obviously, Mitch, we want people to continue to engage with us on social media. Where can they find us? Uh, Yep, get around us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Um, I think that's just about it really so send us in anything you've got give us a share or a shout out whatever that's where you get your updates from when the new episodes get put up and you can easily listen to them from there too if you want Um, guys we really do love uh, obviously talking about your ideas we love getting to speak to you uh, and we love speaking about you on the podcast so do continue to engage with us there Uh, thank you very much for listening guys and we'll speak to you again next week